Hello. It's good to be sharing with you again in lockdown 2020. None of us have been through this period of time before, have we? It's a time of learning, it's a time of discipleship, it's a time of seeking and finding comfort. I trust in God's presence and to know his promise is so pertinent all the time that he will never leave us nor forsake us. As we said before, I think it's a really important time to reflect and to think what God is saying and encouraging us and, and teaching us. In the last few weeks, we've been talking about the importance of being convinced of the person that you know. We've been talking about aligning our lives in simplicity so that what we do and act out is lined up to our beliefs. I hope and trust we've been finding fellowship and encouragement through our regular times in our Zoom calls. I certainly have enjoyed a far more regular contact with folks than we have before when sometimes it was only once a week and, and now several times a week we were praying together, sharing together, encouraging each other. So I would encourage you to get on to the Zoom calls and we are learning, we've taken the joy to do a prayer course together and it's um, if you're not signed up for that I really would encourage you to do that. Uh, just simple nuggets that you pick up each week are so helpful. Just uh, Pete Gregg's mantra of prayer about keeping it simple, keeping it real and keep going is so encouraging. And, and the simple truth that prayer is relational and not transactional. You might say, well, that um, doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but let me explain it this way, that when we go to a supermarket with our, with our list and we buy things and we exchange money, that's a transaction. And sometimes we can come to God as if it is a transaction. We say, you know, I've lived a good life or, you know, I've read my Bible today and now I'm going to say my prayers and... And, 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 and kind of expect God to work out a transaction with us as if there was a kind of equal thing on both sides. But relationship isn't like that. Relationship is simply based on the fact that we are God's children. We are heirs. We, we have the spirit of sonship in our hearts that cry Father. And so when we pray, we pray our Father. And we come to him as his children. And we come to him on the basis of his promises. And God doesn't give us anything because we deserve it or because we've done something. God gives us something because he loves us and he's a God of faithfulness, he's a God of compassion, he's a God of love. That's what it means to that prayer is relational. And that's a kind of the heart of what I just really wanted to uh, open my heart and, 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 and share, that there's this relationship with God, that God uh, knows all that we need. And yet, because he has a relationship, he, he wants us to communicate that with him, to open our hearts to him, and to ask for our daily bread. Bread was the representative of everything. It wasn't just the food. It was all sustenance, clothing, uh, shelter, and uh, everything that, that was necessary for life, and more generally. And that's why a simple prayer of our Father who is in heaven, uh, hallowed be thy name, let your kingdom come, your will be done, give us this day our daily bread, is, is a prayer of simple dependency 
it's almost an act of worship. It's a, it's a, an outgoing of relationship uh, with the Father. It's why asking and thanksgiving is so important. Blessing God for His provision. From what we can read from the Gospels, that was a day-to-day, hour-to-hour part of Jesus' life, looking up to heaven, giving thanks. I thank you, Father, he said, that you've revealed these things um, to the children and you've hidden them from the wise. And, and when he was at a meal, it says that uh, he, he gave thanks and broke the bread and gave it to his disciples and to his friends. And that's how the two on the Emmaus Road knew it was Jesus, because he took the bread and broke it and gave thanks and their eyes were opened. So in this relationship, which I think God has really just been calling us into something deeper at this time, um, it's so key that, that, our, that our communion, our conversation is, is with him. I've been blessed by looking, we're reading through the Psalms each day and um, dwelling on them, not rushing ahead. Uh, and Psalm 100 has, has been speaking lots to me, so I just wanted to read Psalm 100 to you, which is a psalm of worship and, and thanksgiving. But in the centre of it, there, there's an exhortation and an encouragement. It says these words, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all the generations. As I said, it's the, it's the third verse there that's kind of in the middle of the praise. It says in, in verse 3, Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Some translations add a little footnote just in case you missed the point, it says, "In, in um, we are we are his. Um, we are his. Uh, he made us, and it says, and not we ourselves, as if we could make ourselves. But often we we live and act as if we were the ones that were responsible for everything, as that we were the creator. We, if you like, created ourselves, and therefore we're the responsible ones." But the emphasis here is no, know that the Lord is God. We are his. He has made us. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. And there's a relationship there, a relationship of dependency, a relationship of him being the provider. God came up with this. We, 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 we are his people. And he has promised not to leave or forsake us so that there is within this relationship um, a provision because we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. So as our creator, he knows what we need. But as our relational father, he wants us to ask him and give him thanks for it, for our allotted bread or our daily bread. So. Each day our daily bread, our food, our, our, our clothing, our sustenance um, 
and in a wider sense, the need for connection. Our daily bread includes our relationship and fellowship with God. I think Jesus demonstrated this when Satan was testing him and on, on his basic core need. He was really hungry. He hadn't eaten for a long, long time. And there were stones around that, that hallucinating could have looked like bread. And Satan speaks into him and says, you know, if you are the son of God, you can make these stones, you can turn these stones to bread. But Jesus said, rebuked him. He said, for it is written that man should not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from God's mouth. His core need, if you will, although bread and food is, is, is a significant basic necessity, but man's core need is the word of the God, the presence of God. Because we're relational beings made in his image. And that's why I think this, because we are relational beings, this lockdown has been such a challenge for some people. And if you like, the absence of a wider relationship is, is encouraging us, channeling us in to, to pursue him. Give us this day, Lord, our daily bread, a simple place of devotion, a place of humility, a place of fellowship and, and, and communion with yourself. And there's worship, isn't there, in, in this petition? Just the, the humbling act of saying, God, I need you today. Is both a prayer and an act of worship that he is God and I'm not. That the Lord is God. He made me. He, he knows me. He understands me. He knows the way that I tick. He, he is my full sufficiency and my provision. And that's an act of worship, just to, just to recognize that, 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 that God is that intentional about his, um, his lordship and, and his provision for my life. So there is worship in the recognition that we are the sheep of his pasture. And I just want you to think about this analogy for a moment, that a sheep is wholly dependent upon the shepherd for all that the sheep needs. And that shepherd, David, wrote this psalm in Psalm 23, which is in a number of ways, it's, it's a number of things. At one level, it's, it's such a comforting psalm, God's presence. In, in another way, itself, it's a act of worship because it's a declaration of who God is and an act of praise. Uh, in another way, it's, it's almost a petitioning of, of the goodness of God to come into reality, in, into our being. Um, so I'm going to read it to you. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Even though I am in a lockdown situation, even though I am in all these kind of different scenarios, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love 
will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The all-embracing provision of the shepherd, he leads, he guides, he walks with, he prepares, he refreshes, he comforts, he anoints, he goes ahead, his goodness follows after. It's a picture of rest, but it's a picture of complete recognition of the connection between the sheep and the shepherd. It's as, as the provider. And um, that provision is done by the constant presence of the shepherd. None of these things that I've just read to you can happen if the shepherd is distant. The shepherd has to be present. It's the shepherd that makes me lie down. It's the shepherd that anoints my head with oil. It's the shepherd that leads me. It's the shepherd that guides me. You're, I will finish evil because your presence is with me. So the shepherd and the sheep are into intimate, close relationship continuously. And that is the covenant love and relationship of God and you, his people. Know this, that the Lord is God. It is he that has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture, which is why acknowledging his presence and our dependency upon it is such a critical part of our relationship, which is why the Lord's Prayer is such a great model to pray. Our Father, give us this day our daily bread. And a key part of this relationship is contentment. He makes me lie down in green pastures. And isn't it interesting how well we seem to be managing our lives with less? Which kind of begs the question, did we really need everything we, we've been having and using anyway? All that we thought we needed and that has filled our lives and our busyness, we seem to be doing all right without it. I don't know whether you've noticed. Is this an opportunity to recalibrate, to revisit, to see something differently? I read an amusing comment the other day in the week by an economist, Professor Tim Jackson, who said, after this is over, will we revert to spending money we don't have on things we don't need to create an impression that won't last on people that we don't really know? Has the possession ever really truly satisfied any of us? It seems that advertising is designed to create a need and we didn't know we had, and believe me, it works. And Jesus said that life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. When were you the freest? The greatest freedom comes from knowing God and being in his presence. So much so Jesus described this as eternal life. Although the Bible says God gives us everything richly to be enjoyed, and, and that is true, God himself isn't part of this physical realm. He's the creator of it, the sustainer of it. He is not in it, and he's not of it. God is spirit. God is life. God is the eternal spirit, which is why God made us in his image. He made us spirit. And the only way the spirit, our spirit, connects with God with, with life is by connecting with God's spirit and we can only be truly satisfied as we render as it were our lives to the spirit of God for him to fill us and, and, and to complete us there's a thirst which only can be satisfied by the presence of God and it could be that God is using this time just to teach his church you know to come apart to come 
taste and see that the Lord is good, to drink of his love. Hebrews teaches the antidote to the love of money. It says in Hebrews 13 verse 5, keep your lives free from the love of money. Be content with what you have because God has said, so what's the antidote? But God has said, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? So we're on a journey. God is with us in the journey because we are his, we are his people. What am I learning in lockdown 2020? Sometimes it's good to look at ourselves and sometimes laugh a bit and you might say, that's pretty easy. I was reading a book that was really challenging me to learn. I'd had this book for a long time on my bookshelf. Very smart book, book I'd planned to read. Eventually I've now begun to read it. I've owned it a long time. And I was really enjoying the points the author was making. One by one they were striking home. Till I got to a place that just didn't make any sense at all. I couldn't figure out how one page followed on from another. It didn't sort of make sense and, and I read it several times. What am I missing, I thought. Eventually I was convinced that it didn't make any sense so I'm just going to move on. But I couldn't really move on because I was now confused. Eventually I looked down in this very smart book and I looked at the page numbers and it jumped from page 90 to page 132. I'd missed out a critical piece of the argument the author was making and that's why it didn't make sense. Then I thought my life could be like that. Every step, every page, every experience, every relationship is important. Lockdown 2020 is important for me in my growth to find God in it. I must learn each step and go through each experience, otherwise the book which is my life is not written properly, it's incomplete. My testimony, if you like, isn't finished. I haven't learned what I need to know. There's no shortcut to growing in his grace and knowing him. He's planned every step as the good shepherd for me to walk and to know him. What are the lockdown pages going to say? Did I get closer to him at this time? The Psalm 100 verse 3 says, Know that the Lord is God. It is he that has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. And that recognition itself leads me into entering into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise because I'm his. And he is mine. <laughs>